0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. As one who's ministered in jail for over 29 years, it might be expected that I would bring a message about criminals or jail or justice or something like that. So I don't want to disappoint anyone. We will do that tonight, so if you'll turn in your Bible to the page or so just before Hebrews to the book of Philemon, or the page of Philemon, the one chapter of Philemon, we'll look at that and uh, see what we can learn from it. There's a, there's a lot of nuggets in the book of Philemon, a very small uh, book, but I have a message. If I preached everything that I've found in there and uncovered and and make application, we'd be here for a couple hours, but I've shortened it quite a bit. So we're going to look at the book of Philemon, and I hope you're there, but before we get started, let's let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you tonight. God, you have blessed us so much uh, in this nation, Uh, and Lord, uh, we do pray that you will be with me tonight. Lord, help me to say what you want me to say and stop me from saying anything that I have in my notes that you don't want me to say. Lord, bless us as we look into your word. Let you speak to us. You get to glory and for our good we pray. Amen. So we're going to start. We'll just do uh, verses 8 through 16. So let's read 8 through 14 and look at Paul's perspective on what's going on here. Uh, verses 8 through 14 in the book of Philemon. Starting in verse 8, it says, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. He's telling you that he met Onesimus, and Onesimus has been saved uh, under the tutelage of of Paul there. uh, That's what he's saying. He says to uh, Philemon, verse 11, which in time past was to thee unprofitable. He used to work, he was a bondservant for Philemon. He says, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and me, and to me. Whom I have sent again, I'm sending him home. Thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own vows, whom I would have retained with me, that is, thy stead, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly saying, I'm sending him home. I would have kept him here. He's profitable to me, but I wouldn't do that without your approval, uh, because then I would be taking him from you, and I don't want to do that. So I'm sending this uh, man back to you. Yes, he was a servant. Yes, he robbed you. Yes, he ran away, but now he's saved. I'm sending him back, and I'm sure Philemon is thrilled about that. But in any event, now, Paul's perspective is that he's let Philemon know that he's come across this man Onesimus in prison. And Onesimus, under the preaching of Paul, has placed his faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so he is saved. So now, Philemon, Paul says, Onesimus is coming home. And that's the title of my message if anyone's interested coming home. So Onesimus is coming home, and he's a new creature. He's a new creature. Verse 11, Paul says he is profitable. He's profitable for you, Philemon. Verse 10 tells, us Philemon, uh, tells Philemon that Onesimus is saved. He says, I have begotten him in my bonds. Uh, Onesimus had listened to the gospel as it was preached by Paul. He's listening to the word of God, and he's received Christ as his Savior. He's born again. He's saved, however you want to say it. How you slice it, dice it, by uh Onesimus is saved and he's sending him home. So now what I want to do is by way of illustration, and, and so now I'm going to talk about inmates I deal with and, and illustrate all the stuff that's going on here. Uh, I want to look at some of the aspects, some things about salvation. So Paul says, The Onesimus is saved. When I'm able to, there's a a row of cells uh, in the jail, and each cell holds one individual. And that individual, either through some physical action or something they've said or whatever they've done, has indicated that they are ready to harm themselves, possibly even commit suicide. So they take everything they have and put them in a little smock and keep them in this cell by themselves until they can get them evaluated, get them straightened out, and get them to understand that this is not the thing to do. Uh, so I can go from cell to cell, but I can't give them anything because of their suicide situation. I'm not allowed to give them a tract, a pen, a Bible, nothing. I can just come uh, and get on my knees and talk through the tray slot. Uh, and share scripture with them, pray with them, whatever they will let me do. Uh, Ministry uh, in the jails is not something that I can force on someone. I have to get their permission uh, to even talk to them about things. And so uh, that's what I do. And one day I I went by and I met this 22-year-old male, uh, and I was talking to him. He says, Chaplain, I'm just upset with the jail." I said, so why are you upset with the jail? He said, well, they won't let me do what I want to do. I said, what do you want to do? He says, I want to commit suicide. I said, you want to commit suicide? 22 years old, no hope, no hope for the future, nothing to live for at 22? And that was his statement, and that was what he was there for. Uh, He really wanted to commit suicide, Uh, and that really was a sad situation. So from my perspective, I, I was able to pray he didn't want to make a profession of faith but he said what i want you to do is pray for me he didn't want to pray with me but he wanted me to pray for him and so i pray for him in the name of jesus that he would get saved that god would open his eyes that the scales would fall off that he would see and understand what he needed to do and so i can i can do those things once i get their permission Uh, and so i was able to pray for him and ask Jesus to save him, ask him to touch his heart. So from my perspective, uh, this young man is in deep trouble. He's in deep trouble now, he's in deep trouble for eternity unless he gets saved. But, But if that young man gets saved one day, everything changes, everything changes. If he gets saved, The Lord teaches us here in the book of Philemon that of some of salvation's benefits, that young man goes from being a 22-year-old with no hope for the future, totally unprofitable, to now he's a profitable individual. See that? If he gets saved, he goes from unprofitable to profitable, just like Onesimus did uh, that Paul's talking about. Uh, So, and my perspective would change on him. My perspective right now is this guy's in trouble. He has no hope. But if he gets saved, then my perspective of him is, look, i got a deal for you. I can help you uh, get into a church or get some literature to you uh, and help you grow and mature in Christ. And the whole dynamic changes. Uh, The young man moves from no hope, no hope for the future, no hope for eternity, to plenty of hope, hope for eternity, hope for the future, even a life here. And he goes from being by himself locked up in a cell to never walking alone again. Get that? And so that's uh, some of the things that happens. And in a world that values self-esteem, you talk to the world out there, the unsaved, they're talking about your self-esteem, how you gotta have all the self-esteem. How much more self-esteem can you have to go from a 22-year-old with no hope to all of a sudden now you're a child of the king That is esteem. Uh, So there's a lot of things that could be uh, said about that situation. And that's where Onesimus is. Onesimus is saved. And Paul is sending him home. And Paul's perspective of Onesimus has changed from a a servant with no hope to a servant with hope and being profitable to Philemon. Not only that, Paul's perspective has changed for Philemon. So Philemon... I want you to be willing to receive him back and the application for us flows naturally out of that that god would want us to accept inmates back that were saved and become profitable would you agree i hope everyone says amen yeah that's right okay (laughs) make sure you're awake in any event uh, and so Paul wants Anesimus uh, to be received back as one that is profitable. And I want you to look now at verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 says, For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, specifically to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord." So this is Paul's plea uh, to Philemon. He's enlarged it. First he says, I want you to receive him back. And now he says, I want you to receive him back. This runaway servant, this man that stole from you. Uh, I want you to receive him back, not only as profitable, but above that Philemon, I want you to receive Onesimus back as a brother beloved, both in the flesh and in the Lord, as verse 16 tells us. Onesimus is going home, a born-again child of God. Praise the Lord. He's saved. He's going back home. Uh, he's a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5:17 says. But, my friends, what I want you to know, and what we're going to make application to here momentarily, is this is a huge adjustment for Onesimus. He left, he stole from his master, he ran away, and now he's gonna go back. And what will Philemon think of him? How will it go? What? How's that gonna turn out? Just think about that for a minute, how that's, how that's gonna turn out. Uh, so in any event, Paul has enlarged his plea. He says, I want, him, I want you to take him back in the flesh and in the Lord. So Onesimus is going home. Uh, And so the illustration for us today, the application is uh, this is a huge adjustment today for an inmate that's getting out of jail or prison. And we need to understand that if they were to come to Good News Baptist Church. We need to understand that an individual commits a crime, they go off, they're found guilty, they do the time, and then they come home. Statistics tells us that it takes at least 12 months for someone that's been arrested and sent to prison to adapt to that culture. It's not like moving around the corner or going down the street. You're going from a culture to a prison culture, and it takes a while uh, to adjust to that. So when an inmate's released, guess what? It takes a while to adjust to that. Uh, I wish Pastor Tobin was here. I'm going to say this, and and I'm sure he would say it if he was here. He used to tell me when he would go into the jail and minister, he'd take his guitar. He told an officer one day it was an Elkabong, and they said, what's that? (laughs) But he would take his guitar and go in and minister, and he'd come back and he told me, he said, Gene, I wish I had the freedom to preach in my church that I have here in the jail. It's that big a difference. The culture is totally different. Uh, So in any event, it's a huge uh, change for them to adjust from prison culture uh, to civilian culture. Civilian culture has changed. You look how fast things change around here Uh, and depending on how long the inmates been down, how long they've been in prison, uh, the faces, the changes that they face can be absolutely huge and maybe even seem impossible in man's view. I can name a pastor that most of you would know. His son was in prison for a number of years and came home and he said, son, let's go out today for breakfast and took him to McDonald's. And his son looked there and said, dad, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. What am I supposed to do? He said, well, you order your food. And he said, well, how do I order food here? What, what's the deal? So he didn't even know how to order food at McDonald's. Uh, Eventually, uh, he ended up committing suicide. And so it's a huge, I can't, I could preach all night and you, you not get it, but it's a huge change for them to come back after they've paid their time for their crime and coming back. It's a huge culture change for them. And let's just add a little bit to that. And if they get saved somewhere along the way, Now what are they involved in, in prison? They're involved in a prison church culture. And if you've ever watched some of the worship services that they have in the church or in the prison, it's a whole different thing to hear. I mean, nobody worries about clothes. They all got the same uniform on, just different numbers, uh, and they can just let their hair down and, and just enjoy worshiping the Lord together in the prison. And so they now they have to adjust from that prison church culture to walking in those doors and adjusting to your and my civilian church culture. I hope you're with me. I hope you're understanding all that. And they have a lot of fears, a lot of burdens, a lot of things that they're carrying with them. And they do fear a lot. You say, well, they fear. They fear a lot. First off, they fear their physical appearance. Uh, A lot of inmates, a number of them, uh, have in their former life, prior to being saved, gotten some tattoos along the way, even in prison. A lot of them will have uh, prison tattoos. And if you've ever seen the teardrops, the outline of a teardrop means a family member was killed. If it's filled in, that means a family member was killed, but we've taken care of business, Uh, and so they have all these things uh, on them, uh, and some of them were before they were saved. The, the tattoos are visible. They're uh, drug tattoos. Maybe they're gang tattoos. We have about every gang, gang you can imagine in Hanford Road Regional Jail, and they've had to divide it into sections and to keep them from getting to each other. Uh, And so it's difficult. They have some risque tattoos, and you've seen some of those that they have. uh, And guess what? A lot of them are visible. And they fear that. If they're saved and they're in the prison church culture and now they come out, it's not a smooth walk in the door, hey, how you doing? Come on down. Sit with me. You know, that sort of thing. They fear that. They fear that their past will be held against them. People, Oh, you were an inmate? Well, you can't be trusted, blah, 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 but they're saved. Well, they have those fears. They fear uh, the looks that they might get when they walk through in the door. People look at them funny, sideways. They fear the gossip that could take place, and it could. Uh, not in this church, but some of those other churches, you know who I'm talking about. But in any event, they fear the gospel that takes place. They fear the fact that they might not even be included in some of the ministries of the church. Uh, and in some cases, there are some ministries you don't want them involved with uh, to protect them and the church. But ex-inmates have those fears and more. I have a book uh, that we give them to help them understand some of the things that you do and you don't do when you go to a church. You don't go into a church and, and they're, they're going to fall down at your feet and welcome you to the church. They're not, you don't go in and say, hey, I have to have a ride to get to church. You know, you try and get there yourself. You try and take care of yourself, and and if you have to have some help, uh, then then go to the church. But don't go in right away and be a burden on the church. And those are some of the things that we try and teach them, trying to instill into them, uh, and that sort of thing. Now, I would say most of us, probably all of us here, uh, would say something like, hey, they'd be welcome in our church. We wouldn't care what they look like or dress like. We're not the type to gossip, and we certainly would have room for some of them in several of our ministries. Uh, That's what I think we would say here, most of them. Uh, But their fears uh, are involved in making that adjustment from a prison church culture to a civilian church culture. Uh, But I trust you can see what I'm talking about and what they face in making that huge adjustment. Uh, Onesimus is going home to Philemon. He has some fears headed back there. The inmates coming out of prison uh, have those here. Uh, And I I have one more thought concerning this huge transition uh, from from the prison church culture to the civilian church culture. And so let's just talk about what's going on here. Since they are truly born again along the way then how does god speaking through his word describe them not what we think of them but what does god think of them man can only see what the outside god sees the heart and so god says he has some things to say about things like this but uh let's ask ourselves Uh, What assets would they bring to the table if they came to our church? Could they do anything here? Would they bring anything here? What value could an ex-inmate possibly have uh, for Good News Baptist Church? Those are just some thoughts, but so let's think about that for a minute. When they saved, aren't they indwelt with the Holy Spirit? Are they? Even though they're an inmate, they get the same Holy Spirit we do? Of course they do. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 tells us that. Aren't they given gifts to edify the body of Christ, to help out in the church? Sure they are, they have gifts. Some of them can sing. Some of them can sing very well. Some of them are instrumentalists. Uh, some of them learn to preach. One of the good news people that I talked to, he was a, uh, uh, he's now a pastor of a church and he has got most of his education in prison and just about all of it transferred over to a seminary. Uh, if you, There's a uh, an unshackled episode of a Good News Jail and Prison Ministry chaplain uh, that was in prison. And it was so funny that he was going to the library and he could get five books. And he was mulling around. The officer said, come on, let's get out of here. Get your five books. You only got four. He said, well, I don't know what I want. So the officer slammed a Bible on top of his stack and said, take that and read that. He took it, he read it, he got gloriously saved, and today he's a chaplain with Good News Jail and Prison, and he's serving out west. Uh, So they can get saved along the way. They do have gifts, uh, and the Bible tells us that they are ambassadors for Christ, just like you, just like me. We think of missionaries as people that go overseas, but where do you go first? Jerusalem. You're a missionary right here in Jerusalem. How well you do as a missionary here to your Jerusalem, that's on you. And then Judea. And then Samaria. Samaria. You know who those Samaritans are. The people no one likes. Uh, And so you've got Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria before you even get to the uttermost. So we have those kind of missionaries, and they have those gifts. They can talk to people that you and I can't talk to. They can go into areas. They can talk to cultures. uh, They know the lingo and and the walk and the talk and all the sort of things that they do. And they can do that, and you and I can't. And they could be a blessing to this church. They could bring people in. Uh, But even if they are saved as an inmate, all those biblical characteristics are true. All of them are true uh, if they're saved. They become a chosen generation, a royal peace, priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, and the list goes on. So just so we understand that, my point is this. Any born-again believer that walks through those doors of Good News Baptist Church is worthy. They are worthy to be here and we need to receive them. Uh, So Paul's plea uh, to Onesimus to receive him back uh, as uh, not only a brother beloved, but both in the flesh uh, and the Lord is absolutely valid. And that's the same for us here at Good News Baptist Church with people that are coming out of prison, coming out of jail, people coming out of bad situations, people that are unsaved and, and have situations going on. All of that applies to this. But this is just focused on inmates coming out of prison. But the overarching theme, I believe, for this portion of Philemon that we looked at tonight, and there's more uh, that could be said about this little book, but I believe the overarching uh, theme for this can be summarized by saying, regardless of your past, regardless of your situation, regardless of your condition, If you are willing to put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then you too can become profitable, not only to man, but to the Lord, to the body of Christ in general. Uh, You can be profitable. You can go from unprofitable to profitable. Souls that are unprofitable, those that refuse the, the gospel, those that don't make their they put their faith in Christ are still unprofitable, and God, according to the Bible, one day will cast them alive into the lake of fire, Revelation 20:15). And I don't say that to try and scare anyone on live stream or, or here. I'm not trying to scare anyone, but I do feel I have an obligation to warn people of what God says uh, in His word. Uh, and so we're all warned and we, we make our own choice. So if you're here this evening, or you're watching on live stream and you've never uh, placed your faith and trust in Jesus as your way to heaven, uh, then we would love to help you uh, do that. If you're here tonight and you're not sure or you've never made that decision, just talk to anybody. They'll get you to someone that can, can help you do that uh, and we would be happy to help you with that. And so that's my message tonight, a little update on the jail, uh, a little bit of the some of the nuggets uh, from the book of Philemon. Uh, and I hope uh, they were a blessing to you, uh, and I hope it helps you look maybe at uh, inmates and people returning from that prison culture, prison church culture a little different. So, But uh, won't you stand? I'll have a word of prayer, and you'll be dismissed. And thank you for your kind attention. No one got up and walked out in the middle, and that's, I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we uh, come to you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for your word Thank you that you show us how we can live, how things should be in life. And we do pray for those in prison. Uh, We pray for those in local jails, that Lord, uh, you would use uh, the literature, the things that go out go forth into the jails and prisons to lead people to Christ, Father, that that we can't get to. We just can't walk into jails and prisons and talk to people about uh, Jesus. Somehow we need to get to them. So I pray, Lord, that you will, your word will go forth and men and women will get saved for your glory and our good. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.